Hey Charmers, welcome into another episode of Ms. Charm School Podcast. I'm your host, Sunday Eli. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, 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 yes. For those of you who are new, <laughs> welcome. I'm so glad that you are here and that you are joining us. Ms. Charm School Podcast is for modern boss babes who are looking to re-engage their feminine energy, their sensuality, and their spirituality. I also like to describe Ms. Charm School Podcast as a place and space for women who are transitioning from their womanhood into their queendom. How I describe that is when you're in your womanhood, it's really your me season. Your decisions only truly affect yourself. But when you get elevated, which I believe promotion comes by God into your queendom season, your decisions no longer only impact yourself, but they impact the nations. Definition of nations just means groups of people. And so many of the women that are gathered here on this podcast from literally all around the globe are women who are in transition into their queendom. That could manifest in being a fiance, being a mother, uh, taking care of a loved one, being promoted on your job and having people that have to report to you or that you have to um, supervise, et cetera, et cetera. And so we want to be excellent queens. We want, um, I hate to say our subjects, because <laughs> that sounds a bit um, just off-putting, but we want the people that are in our realm and in our community to also recognize us as excellent queens. And that simply means that we have to do the work to be excellent queens. We have to work on ourselves. We have to engage our feminine energy, which is powerful instead of trying to block it and overworking our masculine energy, which is very easy to do in today's modern world. And we have to re-engage our sensuality and our spirituality. And so thus, Miss Charm School Podcast was born. So I'd like to thank you for joining us. For those of you who are new, for those of you who are returning, welcome back. Welcome back. You know the drill. Come on in. Kick off your shoes and relax your feet. Come on in. Come on in. I hope that you have something to hydrate yourself, some libations. I do not right now, so shame on me. But I hope that you take a second to do that. Water is so important to the body and often we're not drinking enough as I'm not right now. <laughs> so go ahead and grab you something to hydrate yourself. Charmers, this has been quite the season for me. November, as I'm recording this, has been quite the season. I lost a loved one. My father passed, which I shared in a, pre a previous podcast episode. And I also have been going through it with, um, in the love department and just all of the things. <clears throat> well, let me be more specific. I've been going through it in the love department. I've been going through it with uh, the passing of my father and just also questioning myself and questioning where I'm going in life and questioning my value and my worth and just hitting rock bottom temporarily, but definitely hitting rock bottom in some areas of my life. So much so that just earlier this week, a couple of things exploded and I don't know why this is so challenging to share right now, but I got in an argument and um, the argument was me blowing up and being upset and everything. And the next day apologized, uh, which 
was heard, but I'm not sure if it was well received, probably not well received. And now a spiral of events that are unfavorable that I don't want. And so I had a breakdown emotionally, um, the crying, the waterworks, the why me, why does this always happen to me? I can't get right. I don't know if anybody's ever seen the movie Life. <laughs> it came out quite some time ago, but there was a character in that movie called Can't Get Right. That's how I felt earlier this week. I'm like, I can't get right. <laughs> I know better. And I had a blimp in what had been like very consistent character for me. I had some like shadows peeping their head out of the closet, like deal with us, deal with us, deal with us. I hope that makes sense to you. Just, or skeletons, people say skeletons in your closet, but it wasn't really skeletons. It was like shadows of just stuff. That's like, why are you saying that? Why are you acting like that? Why are you doing that? Popping up in relationships in my life. And I sort of felt like, you know, I came back, I admitted I was wrong. I apologized, said I'm sorry from a sincere place and expected to be forgiven, but really was not. (laughs) And that was a deal breaker um, for where I was and who I was dealing with. And that was hurtful to come to the realization that something that I felt had been so wonderful, just completely over. And obviously I have nobody to look at but myself. And of course, started to beat myself up and go down the Ooh, I'm not going to get emotional, started to beat myself up and go down the like rabbit hole spiral of like, Sunday, you're not good enough. <laughs> you work so hard to, um, you know, work, be a charmer, work on the same things that I share with you every week. Like I'm also working on myself, um, taking classes from mentors and going to therapy and, moving my body, like all the things that I'm sharing with you are things that I am genuinely working on as well. And so when I had a blimp, I feel like in a mistake by blimp, I mean mistake. When I had a mistake or I fell short or I sinned, you can use any of those words. And then to have the consequences, you know, even though I sincerely like know that I was wrong, um, was hard for me and it made me want to give up. It made me want to throw in the towel. I actually said the words out of my mouth. Like if the, if this was a test from the devil, like the devil keeps fighting me like evil. I just felt like I, I keep getting this same like fight almost. And I literally said out of my mouth, I was like, well, the devil won. Like, I don't ever want to do relationships again. I'm done. I don't ever want to open my heart again. Um, I don't want to hate anybody, but I just don't. I'm not interested in opening my heart again. I'm not interested in trying to trust anybody again. I'm not interested in um, putting myself in any position where I could potentially F it up or put myself in any position where I could potentially fail because that's how it felt. It felt like, oh my God, everything was going so well. And then you failed and now, oh, you dropped the course like, you get kicked out of the school (laughs) and it's like, um, that was hard. That was hard to come to that realization. And that was literally just recently, just days ago. So, um, that's hard. And, uh, you know, to feel like you're 
acing the class and then get your first F and then you get expelled was really hard for me. Um, like I said, went through all the emotions, etc. I'm sharing that to say that from that day, which was Monday, Tuesday of early this week, to get to the end of the week and be recording this episode, God has given me so many downloads, uploads, however you want to describe it. And the first is what I'm going to title this episode is shift. The first instruction I got was that there is trauma that happens to probably all of us listening. That's really not our fault. Trauma where someone has dropped you in your life, trauma where something was done to you that was outside of your control, trauma of some effed up situation that really you had no part in. It just happened to you. And even though you can become aware of that trauma, recognize that it is a trauma, work through that trauma, sometimes it leaves bruises. And the bruises didn't get there by themselves. They got there because some incident happened that quite frankly was beyond your control. It happened to you. It's not something that you did to yourself. It's something that happened to you. And now you've been left with the responsibility to heal it. And maybe you have, but there's bruises left. And so I was listening to a sermon and the preacher was saying their trauma to triggers to triumph. And so now that you have bruises left, sometimes those are places where you can have triggers. And what I've also learned since all these events have happened is that the triggers are and the bruises are also places where the enemy, if you do not shift and you do not bring yourself to true emotional healing these are areas that in the christian you know in the church we call areas that could be, could be strongholds for the enemy it's a space in your life where if you get poked in that area you have a sensitivity to respond in a way that takes you out of being in peace that takes you out of the fruits of the spirit that takes you into anger takes you into rage takes you into fear takes you into doubt and Um, the sermon that I listened to this week was basically saying that God is still going to bless you and whatever your trauma is, whatever your triggers are, God is, is big enough to be able to cover those things so that you look like the next person. You look just as healed as the next person who doesn't have any of those ailments and problems. And God is able to sit you at a table, a Royal table where you look just like the other princes and princesses and Kings and Queens at the table even though you may feel unworthy, even though you may feel like somebody dropped you, even though you may feel like you have trauma in your life and and maybe feel that you would never enter a room like that or be good enough for a room like that or that you would some way F it up. But God is big enough and faithful enough to bring you to that place. And the minister also shared that in order to get to that space of triumph, God is going to probably use a vehicle that looks identical to how you were dropped or how you were mishandled. And so you're going to have to learn to trust so that you can get to the place of triumph in Christ. And what I, how I interpret that as a victory over what happened to you. And so for me, when I heard that sermon, for me, um, 
I began to reflect, obviously, in my own life and especially of recent events of my life and begin to realize that I have my own trauma around my parents' divorce and that was something that happened to me. It's not something that I could have stopped. It's not something that I created. It's not something that I'm responsible for, but I was on the receiving end of. And since then, I've also... Uh, since everything happened this week, I also understood that uh, the enemy works overtime by the enemy. I mean, the devil, I mean, Lucifer, I mean, wickedness, all of that works overtime to break covenants. And that's why there's such an attack on marriages, um, because marriage is a covenant. And especially probably for my household, because my dad is was an ordained minister and uh, was an assistant pastor of a church. And him and my mother in covenant. And uh, they also did a lot of wonderful work in the community, trying to help fathers reconnect to their children. They worked for a company called Institute for Responsible Fatherhood and Family Revitalization. And their whole job was trying to teach people how to co-parent for the sake of the children, how to teach parents how to work through their emotional trauma, come to a place of healing so that they can be better for their kids and their kids can have a stable home and a stable environment. So I was born into this type of like community work, community service, helping people have better families because families are the bedrock of communities. They're the bedrock of cities. They're the bedrock of nations and societies is really people. And so my parents are doing that work in the community through a nonprofit that they're running in San Diego. And then they're also doing that work in the church as my father is assistant pastor of a church or was. And so I grew up in that world and in that environment. And when my parents divorced, it wasn't for infidelity or anything like that, different reasons. Uh, It was something that happened to me. It affected everything. The business that my parents worked for closed down, the nonprofit. They were no longer impacting the community the the way they once were, helping families. They... Uh, the church was obviously wasn't paid. And so just a lot of things kind of happened back to back to back to back to back to back (laughs) in my life. And from the work changing to the marriage dissolving to, I think like right after my mother's divorce was finalized, I think she got diagnosed with breast cancer. I had to step up more at home, cook, clean, make sure me and my brother got to school. My dad's no longer in the home, just so many things. And as I tell my story with my therapist recently, I, she helps me realize that there's so much trauma that I didn't even identify as trauma, but there are so many things that happened that quite frankly were attacks to distort and damage me. And if you're listening, you have your own stories. You have your own trauma, things that happened to you that were out of your control that you just had to step up or be responsible or deal with, or you were on the receiving end of somebody else's emotional wounds. And that's the truth. And so as we get older and as we try to do relationships, whether that's relationships at work or with our friends or with our family or with our lovers, these emotional wounds, if you don't heal them, become triggers. And even if you have healed them, they can be bruises that have healed over, scabbed over, but they could be tender to the touch. 
So even if they've healed, if somebody bumps up against that bruise, you could have a reaction because of what used to be there, because of the emotional wounding that used to be there. And so even though I've done what I think is a surmountable amount of work on myself, I had a bump up of a bruise and I exploded. And I allowed anger and I allowed the enemy to have a foothold in my life recently. And I was embarrassed about it. I was upset about it. I, you know, I'm accepting the consequences of that. I apologize about that. I take ownership of that. But it really made me sit with myself with God and say, okay, God, how can I make this shift? How can I make the shift into a place of purification and clarity to where one, I'm not hating on myself or ashamed because I know that shame and hatred of self is not of God. That's something that the enemy wants me to take on that I refuse to take on. And how can I free myself from those shadows creeping out of my closet that quite frankly, when I'm making such great progress in some areas are working overtime to pull me back. And I've been praying about that and going to God about that and seeking God about that. And at the end of the day, like, I can hear somebody listening to this saying like, girl, why are you so hard on yourself? But I want to be better. Maybe it does sound like I'm hard on myself, but I have a responsibility to show up for the charmers here. I have a responsibility to God. I have a responsibility to myself to give myself the radical self-love that I'm always talking about on this podcast. And in order to have that level of radical deep self-love to myself. I have to love myself enough to do my work to heal myself. Or I guess I'm not really the one doing the healing. God's doing the healing, but I have to be courageous enough to look at it. I have to be courageous enough to roll up my sleeves. I have to be courageous enough to say, God, here's my heart. I surrender it to you. I made a mistake. I don't want to make mistakes like this anymore. I don't want to be chained to my past anymore. I want to have deliverance. I want to be free. Your word says that I have access to freedom in Christ Jesus. And I want to experience that freedom in all areas of my life. And I don't want the enemy to be, I'm going to go very churchy right now, but I don't want the enemy to be in the courtroom of heaven going against like, well, your daughter Sunday, she did this and she did this and she got angry and she blew up and she did this and she did this. And that's why she's not worthy of whatever it is that she's praying for. And I don't want to have unforgiveness in my heart. Even when you pray the Lord's prayer says to forgive others so that your prayers can be, your prayers won't be hindered. Forgive others as you forgive yourself. Let me, let me make sure I'm saying that correctly. Our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So forgive me of my faults and where I've fallen short as I forgive other people who I feel like I'm holding on and counting how they've fallen short with me. So I want to make sure that I'm cleansing my system of all of the debts I've been holding on towards others, all of the ways that I've been calculating in my mind that you didn't do right here and you didn't do right here and you didn't do right there because that's hindering my prayer life. That's hindering God 
if I pray the Lord's prayer, I'm asking God to forgive me based on my ability to forgive others. And so I want to forgive. I want to have a heart that's tender. I don't want the devil to win. I don't want to get so defeated at love, at my career, that I just stop trying. That I just stop trying. That I just give up on love. That I give up on a career. That I give up on a dream. (laughs) And I've had such beautiful dreams. But sometimes as you're walking on the path to the manifestation of it, even if God has already declared that, yes, you're going to have that thing that you've been praying and seeking me for, walking on the path to get there, stuff comes up. And when you get to a place in life where I'm at, You want to give up. Sometimes it feels like it's too much to lose a parent, which to me, to a certain degree, my father passing is like a losing of a covering, if you will, to what I've been through in my past, where it was like, you know, my parents' financial situation changed, my parents' marriage status changed, my mother got sick with breast cancer, maybe a year after that she got hit by a drunk driver, they told her she would never walk again. Me and my brother, we lived on the third floor after we moved out of our family home after the divorce, we lived on the third floor of a like condo apartment building. There was no elevator. When my mom uh, got hit by the drunk driver, she couldn't walk for a while, so we had to carry her up three flights of stairs, you know, she's limited in what she can do. She just got over cancer. Like when I I think my dad was living in a car for a little while, you know, after the divorce and then was trying to get stable and back on his feet. Our whole family dynamic and situation had changed because he's no longer in the home. Just so many things. I remember having a conversation with him like, dad, I know you're not in the home anymore, but I still need you to be my dad. He shared with me that he didn't know how to be my father and not be in the home at the same time, that it was hard for him. Um, you know, I struggled with that statement from him for a very, very long time until 2020 when my father wrote me a letter that I've shared in a podcast episode, Letters from Daddy. I, re- I read you guys the entire letter that my father sent me. And that letter healed a very big wound in my life that I felt like I wasn't responsible for creating. And so um, I'm sharing all that to say that there is a shift. There is a shift. There is a higher calling. There is a courage that I barely have. (laughs) It's like a flickering light. But I want you to see that courage in this very raw place that I'm at. And I want you to be courageous about yourself. I want you to be courageous to do your work. I want you to be courageous to not give up on yourself. I want you to be courageous to not give up on your dreams. I want you to be courageous to trust God. I want you to be courageous to surrender. I want you to be courageous to say, you know what? I get it wrong sometimes. And while I'm not going to beat myself up about it because I do love myself, I do want to be better. I want you to be courageous to not look for your validation from other people. I want you to be courageous to continue to show love and kindness to others, even when they're not being kind to you. I want you to be courageous to pick up your word and read a chapter every day 
I want you to be courageous to get up and pray every day. I want you to be courageous to have a prayer partner and go into covenant prayer with someone where you get up and you have an agreement. We're going to pray for these seven days every day at noon and we're going to call each other and we're just going to pray. And I want you to stay committed to those seven days, no matter what happens, stay committed to that one o'clock hour, no matter what happens. I want us to have some stick to to ourselves, some stick to to God, some stick to to faith, some stick to to believing because there is an, an agenda that's working over time to take you out because the only person that can really cancel the anointing or cancel the promises on your life is you. God has already spoken things over your life that shall come to pass. The only way it could not come to pass is if you take yourself out of the game, if you sit yourself on the bench And sometimes you're so powerful. You have no idea who you're meant to touch. I have no idea at times who's listening. I go around in my life, you know, going to different things and people will say, oh my God, I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, what? It always kind of shocks me. You know, the different people that are listening, different ages, women that are grown, been married, have their own kids, people who are single, people who are trying to figure it out, men, Y'all keep showing up every week. Why? I still don't know because it's really called Miss Charm School Podcast. But you guys keep showing up every week and then commenting and letting me know that you're showing up and sending me messages. And so you don't know who your life is touching. You don't know how powerful you are when you decide to get up and do it anyway. When you decide to get up and show up anyway, when you decide to not break the covenant commitment to stay committed in prayer, to stay committed to your business, to stay committed to your dream, to stay committed to kindness, to stay committed to having a pure heart, a clean heart. It is the difference maker. Life will try to teach you that it's not the difference maker, that getting even, having revenge, being unforgiving is really the way to protect yourself, is really the way to to make it through this life. I had a boyfriend tell me one time Sunday, you're too good of a person. The the workforce is doggy dog and you have to know how to play the game and you're too honest. <laughs> you're too honest. What? Because so much of our culture is trying to get us to resign to ways that are just simply not godly. And we think that's power but it's not power. The real power is to be able to have a clean heart. The real power is to be able to love people from a place of true, authentic goodness. The real power is to be able to look past somebody's ugliness and still be able to see how God loves them. The real power is to be able to forgive when you really don't have a reason to, other than God just asked you to forgive. Yeah, the person wronged you. Yes, the person was wrong. But I have a saying that I say all the time, like sometimes your biggest supporters today can be your haters tomorrow and your haters can be your biggest supporters the next day. That's life. That's the truth. And sometimes when things happen in life, we allow ourselves to get so rocked to the point that we resign. But I am calling you today to shift, shift your perspective shift. 
Don't give up. Don't resign on yourself. Shift. If you don't have it, go to God and say, God, I don't have it. I did that this week. I had to go and apologize and say, God, I'm so sorry. I know that I spoke a curse. I said, the devil, if he wanted to win, he won. He won. I'm done. I allowed a curse to come out of my mouth to speak it over myself because I was so defeated. Because I was so hurt. Because I was looking up at the situation in my life and I was seeing the wind and the waves and I was not seeing peace. All I could see was the storm. But I'm asking you as I am pleading with myself to shift. It is critical that you shift your perspective. It is critical that you shift to Jesus. It is critical that you shift to forgiveness. It's critical that you shift to purity. It's critical that you shift to purification. It's critical that you shift to deliverance. God is not intimidated by whatever it is that you need to drop at the altar. God is not intimidated by your mistakes. Jesus really does love you. He really does love you and you will be victorious. You may not see it now. You may be hurting now. It don't feel good right now. (laughs) You want to go off right now, but I encourage you to be slow to anger. I encourage you to be quick to listen. I encourage you to continue to roll up your sleeves and do the work even when you're tired. I encourage you to keep showing up because you are worth it. I love you, Charmers. That's all I have today. Maybe if you guys are interested in the future, I can talk to you about how to pull yourself out of that place when you feel that you've uh, sort of hit a rock bottom in your life. For me, it's journaling and prayer and spending a lot of time with God um, and trusting that God is going to bring the right resources to you that are going to encourage you. Getting under a spiritual covering with a pastor. uh, There's a scripture that says faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. But how shall they hear unless they have a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they've been sent? So you need to find a preacher that has been sent to teach the word of God and get up under the covering and anointing of that person's teaching. It was a sermon that was actually sent to me that encouraged me to even take a step. And then it was something else, a conversation with a friend that reminded me about the power of prayer. Another video that I watched that reminded me about and taught me really about the importance of covenant prayer and reminded me of the importance of covenant marriage and how the enemy works over time to steal, kill, and destroy, steal, rob, and destroy covenant marriages, covenant prayer, covenant people, people that are trying to walk with God, people that are not just trying, people that are walking with God and how you have to be prayed up. You have to be prayed up. You have to address your emotional wounds so that the enemy doesn't have ground to come and poke a trigger in your life and then you react and then take yourself out of the great progress that you've been making. And if you do fall out of that great progress that you go to God and you repent and say, God, I'm sorry, I want to turn from my way and I want to be better. How How do I do that? Is that purification? Do you need to purify me? Do I need to get baptized again? Do I need to have a deliverance service? 
Do you need to deliver me from something that I'm holding on to? All of that. God is faithful to bring you to a place of purity and purification and true deliverance. It's his heart's desire for you that you would have life and have it more abundantly and walk in freedom and no longer bondage. I'm praying for you, charmers. We might as well just go ahead and pray out and know that I love you. Jesus, I come to you right now praying for the charmers, wherever they are in the globe, men, women, no matter what age they are at, what stage they're at. These are your people. These are your children. Some have given their lives to you. Some are giving their life to you now. Some are realizing that they need you now. But most importantly, God, I pray and ask, would you grant us true deliverance? Would you grant us true deliverance from our emotional trauma, from our emotional triggers, from the places that become setbacks in our life when we're making such great progress with you? God, I ask that you would look past our faults and our sin and that you would see our hearts. I'm so grateful. The scripture says we serve a high priest who is felt by the feeling of our infirmity, which means you feel how we feel. You know what it is that we go through, God. And I just come to you like a little child saying, help us, Lord. Would you help me, Jesus? And would you continue to help the charmers all around the world? They are your lights in this earth. They are the salt of the earth. Wherever they find themselves, they may not have even recognized that they are, but they are. And I ask God, whatever is in their life that's making their heart hard, whatever is happening in their life where they have unforgiveness, I ask God that you would completely expose it and roll that stone away so that whatever was stony ground in their heart would now be soft and tender and fertile for your planting of your seeds. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, would you grant us renewed minds? Many of us need renewed minds. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, would you grant us new hearts? Many of us need new, fresh hearts, God. I'm asking, Heavenly Father, God, would you take shame, blame? Would you take self-hatred away from us that they're not even words that would leave our tongues or energy that would even reside in this new temple body that you've given us? I'm asking for everyone that we're holding on debts towards, <clears throat> that we release them now in the mighty name of Jesus and that you would bring peace, love, and compassion, that we would have compassion in hearts that are tender towards others, even if it's one revelation of someone that we feel like, ah, I don't have nothing nice to say about them. I just keep my distance. God, I pray that you would give us one revelation from heaven on high of how you love them as your child. And if we can just stay focused on that one aspect so that we can push through and show them the love of God, regardless of their treatment and behavior towards us. I'm asking Heavenly Father, God, that we stay committed to this and that you would show us your unmerited favor because we choose to do things your way, the kingdom way. We choose to be citizens of your kingdom and not citizens of the Prince of Darkness and not citizens of this world, but citizens of your kingdom. And I ask for a special covering for every charmer that's made it to this moment of the podcast, that you would cover them in the blood of Jesus and that you would grant them fruit in their life that remains 
that they would have leaves that don't wither, that they last through and through every season. I'm asking that you would keep famine from their house, keep poverty from their house. I'm asking God that you would cover them in a special way because they decide to do the work, to walk with you, to have a heart that's pure, to listen to you, to be obedient to you, and to carry out your light in this earth. I'm so grateful for each and every one of them. And I just bless them now in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask and pray for these things. Amen. I love you, Charmers. I'll talk to you later.